It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about... Fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story, when you actually put it into words, is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny, uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's a it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello and welcome back to Generation Skywalker. I'm Dan Burgess and in this episode, Craig, Peter and myself got to interview Bob Breakin and Brian Hickey about their Kickstarter campaign for a new book Bob has written called My Palatoy Story. For anyone not familiar with Bob, he worked for Palatoy from the late 1960s through to the mid 80s and worked on a design team that came up with a Palatoy Death Star that we all know and love. As well as Star Wars, he worked on numerous other toy lines, including Action Force and Action Man whilst at Palatoy. I've recorded this intro separate from the main interview because I wanted to highlight up front that the window to back this Kickstarter campaign is closing. I'm recording this on Monday the 12th of June and the Kickstarter campaign closes in only six days time at 2100 on the 18th of June. So if after listening to this interview you want to back the campaign, head over to kickstarter.com, search for My Palatoy Story and pledge. There are numerous tiers you can select from. The most basic one gets you the book and your name in the back of it. And then, yeah, it goes up from there. There's 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 options to get multiple copies. There's options to get Bob to sign the books. There's posters and postcards and things like that. But I'll let Bob and Brian describe all of that in the interview. You don't need to listen to me ramble on anymore. So let's head over to the interview and find out about my Palatoy story. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome to Generation Skywalker, Brian and Bob. How are you? Doing, doing great. Enjoying doing the weather? Okay. Not at the moment. It's chucking it down. <laughs> and we had, one, we had one thunderclap right over the top of the house and he threw me out of the flipping chair. <laughs> uh, you can't play some people, Bob. I bet he was moaning about the heat yesterday. I know. <laughs> it's still warm. It's still warm, but it's just, just chucking so, it down. 
So, so Craig and, and Pete and myself are really excited to have you on to talk about your, you know, this Kickstarter project. I'm going to start off with you, Bob. Can you give us a bit of an insight into what the book's all about? Well, it's about, the, it's really about the history of Pally Toys. Uh, Brian, Pete describes it better than me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's set, it's set in, in, in the social fabric of England, you know. So it's not right. just about Pally Toy. It follows through the decades. And it introduces sort of uh, things that happen in society and then what happens in the toy industry and then what happens in Pally Toy. So it follows that sort of pattern as it goes through the book. And is that from, obviously, you know, the, your your own career in Pally Toy, is that then wove into that, into that narrative? Oh, yeah. The, the story starts in, well, it starts in the 19th century with the rise of plastics. But uh, the real Casaloid story, which is the company that, that um, gave birth to Pally Toy, that started in uh, 1919, just after the First World War. So I wasn't alive there. You might think I was, but I, was, <laughs> I wasn't alive then. So, so it, it goes through those decades, the 20s and the 30s and the 40s. I was born in 1944, just, just after D-Day. And then into the 50s, when I started to become aware of things, you know, so it's a little bit about me in the 50s. Um, then it goes into the 60s when I joined Pally Toy. Tell us a little bit about when I went to college and uh, design college in Birmingham, how I joined Pally Toy, and then from there on in, of course, it's it's Pally Toy because um, I, I spent my time from '67 right through to '84, and then Pally Toy closed in '85, and um, it talks about why and how it, that happened, and and then there's a bit about keeping heritage going, you know, with coal yeah. heritage. Society. So basically, that's what it's about. So we're all Star Wars fans, obviously, with the closing yeah. the next generation Skywalker. How much does, does Star Wars play a part in that? Oh, a big part. I interviewed Jeff Jeff Maisie, who was at Echo when we gave our talk. You were there, Jeff. I gave, he was. Jeff, Jeff Jeff gave the talk with me, didn't he, Jeff Maisie? So there's some comments from him, and because um, we, we only designed things for that first year, you know, the Death Star, and redesigned the play sets. We did a bit of tooling. Roger Morrison was the tooling manager, so he talks about that. But after that first year, we had nothing to do with uh, Star Wars because it was all coming in from Kenner. All right. So it's over to the factory, really, for, for assembling the stuff. But as the years went on, it was being brought in complete. <laughs> yeah. So then, but imagine, it, imagine those final years. It played quite a, a big role in the company overall in certain financing oh, yeah. projects and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, well, it did. It pushed up the um, what the money that the, the company was bringing in, of course. It sort of yeah. doubled the, doubled the um, revenue of the company, basically. Right. But equally, <laughs> it also, um, and, and Bob describes this brilliantly in the book, that Star Wars was so successful that it actually changed the, the, the whole fabric of the toy industry. And, 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 and ironically then, that would come back and bite Palatoy really, really badly. Yeah, bit just on the bum, as they say. But the book is, I mean, it's a it's a superb book. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to read the first draft, 90,000 words, and it, it, it focuses on those kind of heyday years for Palatoy in a big, big way. All those major brands that, that we would have known as kids are all very comprehensively covered in the book. But in addition to all of that, it actually describes the birth of the toy industry and how it evolved into what it is today. And that is, 
I don't know if Bob set out to tell that particular story, but it's so well researched and so well written that that story cuts through as well. And it's it's a fascinating read for, for anyone who's interested in, in the, the history of toys. Um, and if you have a particular focus, like in 80s, 70s and 80s toys, like people of our generation, then it's there's so much in this book for people that it's you know it, it really is it's one that you want to have on your coffee table you know it's and a part of your collection yeah it's obviously mostly about the british toy industry but i do bring in a lot of american companies that influence pally toy you know obviously kenner did but, yeah. but companies like the um american character doll company that that had tressy and uh things like that so there's a bit of american history there but the history is basically about Great Britain, UK. Was there much link between, obviously there was a, the obvious Hello. link between Kenner and Palatoy, but did you have much communication directly with Kenner? Well, I, I didn't personally, because that was a marketing job, and, you know, the uh, managing director and the, you know, the, the higher echelons of the company. But, yeah, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of to and fro in between the two companies. I tell the story. I think I tell the story about because um, we were coming Europe. We were becoming more European when Star Wars came out, or just after when Star Wars, Star Wars came out. And the General Mills Toy Group wanted to, a company to sort of organise Star Wars for Europe. And there's a story in there, in there about that. And Jeff Maisie gets involved in that bit. And they they didn't want to come to Colville, <laughs> so they had a meeting in Paris. <laughs> so it was a toss up between. Palitoy and uh, Miro Meccano, who was going to be the, the top dogs for Star Wars. So there's there's that in it, you know. I think Jeff talked about that in the in the talk we had at Echo. Yeah, is that about a slide projector? Something. Yeah, the slide projector. So someone, like, someone yeah. throwing a whiskey glass at someone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bernie yeah. Loomis. He was a bit of a character. Was Bernie Loomis, as you probably know. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. So how long have you been working on this then, Bob? When did you start writing it? Oh, years ago. I, I must have been working on this over 10 years. Wow. Writing, writing it down. And uh, and then I started doing um, talks to history groups around the, you know, around the area. Right. Um, so I had an illustra- I've got an illustrated uh, slide, PowerPoint thing, you know, that I used yep. to tell the history of Palitoy. We used it for the Star Wars at Echo. We, we trimmed it down to Star Wars. Yeah, but the one I use for the history groups all around this area is is all about the history of Pally Toys, which is basically like a a premise of, of what the book is. You know, that's that's how I started. I thought, oh, this need I need to write a book about this. <laughs> so I started writing things for the book, you know, gradually. Then I put it down and I picked it up and put it down. COVID came along. You think COVID would have been a good time to get the book actually finished, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I eventually decided I've got to get this done, and so I got it done, and I got this. I've got I got the manuscript finished. I did look around for somebody to. Has anybody seen the Action Man dossier? No, no, I'm you're not. not Action Man, are you? That was, a, <laughs> that was a book I was involved with with a with an author uh, quite a few years ago, and I went to that publisher to try and get it done. They weren't interested, and then I went to some other companies, but. They were just doing these sort of small, soft-backed, you know, black and white sort of yeah. books, you know. And I thought, it needs something more than that. And then I, mm. re- I remembered Brian. <laughs> so 
I gave him a call and said, Brian, do you fancy doing a book? I <laughs> said, hey, yeah. Brian. That might be a good segue then, Craig, to talk about the book and the design of it. Yeah, I mean, I found what you were saying at the start about putting all this stuff in a social context, and I think that's that's great. I mean, it elevates it, doesn't it, above a, a, a typical kind of collecting book that we all we all see. Brian, you're the designer of the book. You clearly have some form. The, the, the sample spreads that you've put out there as part of the Kickstarter look great. You know, these, these books that are born out of hobbies always come from a great place, but they can vary wildly in their execution, I think it's fair to say, and I can point at some great Star Wars-related collector books that have been let down by poor design. And conversely, I can point at some that the production values seem to have got a little bit carried away with themselves and the books become collectibles in their own right and people sell acrylic cases to protect those. You know, how did you strike the balance? I, mean, I, I am a graphic designer by trade, so I've been, Jesus, uh, I'm going to say three decades <laughs> with belt now at this rate. <laughs> um, but it's, and you know, I have a lot of, experience in the publishing industry so the design style that i've developed over the years is one that i suppose minimal or very clean uh, a lot of kind of negative space or empty space uh, on the page and the way i see that how that works is that or the benefit for the reader is that it, it you know it, it looks beautiful to look at but at the same time it's very easy to digest the information that's in there because you know, the content is just as important, you know, if not even more important than how it actually looks. So there's kind of two sides of the experience. You want to be able to get that information easily and, and take that in. And Bob has done a brilliant job on how he's written it. It's very easy to read. So the, the other side of that experience that it has to look and feel good. So there's the graphic design components, but then there's also the quality of the paper. Mm-hmm quality of the finishing so it, that needs to be just nice quality paper it doesn't need to have a lot of printing gimmicks like we don't have to do foil blocks or spot uvs or any of that although, although we could go down that road but but it does if it's just really good paper you know good waste nicely bound it's going to be a beautiful product and that's the approach that i take with a lot of the books that i well, all of the books in fact that i design so this will kind of Anyone who's bought any of my previous toy books will know kind of what to expect. And, 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 you know, and, and of course, if you haven't bought those books, it's, you know, it's going just, it's going to be a beautiful product. And it is a coffee. We're pitching this as a coffee table book. So it's going to be slightly oversized. It is going to be fairly weighty. It'll be over two and a half kilos when it's finished. It'll be, you know, it'll have some presence when you pick it up to read it. And that's what people are investing in. Absolutely. And of course, you know, we're printing on a small scale. We're not printing thousands of books, although, you know, we would do that if, if the campaign was, you know, really, really successful and we overfunded. Um, but realistically, we're looking here at maybe a thousand at the most, maybe less than a thousand books. So this is going to be rare. There's not going to be it's not like your Amazon or your high street bookstores, you know, global distribution. That's not really what we're what we're pitching here. This is a unique product that that's going to be, you know, beautiful, brilliantly written, and you know, and, and available in relatively small numbers. 
and collectors like nothing better than unique, beautiful things that are in low numbers. <laughs> so you should be pushing exactly. the open door. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned sort of content there and, and, and things being unique. In the process of putting this together, have you found some never-before-published imagery, things from the archives that, you know, are going to get people excited? The answer, well, do you want me to answer, Bob, or do you want Yeah, to... you, can, you can answer, Brian. Well, do you know, we, one of the things we've been working on over the last few months is trying to research a, 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 data, a bank of imagery that we can license and use in the book. And thankfully, we're in a place where we have a we have access to a huge bank of imagery from multiple sources that have either agreed to let us use the images or or, or that we know that we can license them for for a fixed fee. And in that process, we certainly have found some amazing photos, certainly plenty that I've never seen before. So one example would be that, that Bob reached out to. The, the, the family of Miles Fletcher and Miles Fletcher maybe might be a, a name unfamiliar to, to many collectors, but he was a very, very important person in the history of Palatoy. And Bob reached out to his family and his family very generously shared some of uh, private photographs of their collection that, that haven't really been out there before. And, and we're able to use those in the book. So that, that was a brilliant find, you know, thanks to Bob. And also Bob has been in contact with the Palace Estate. So Alfred Palace is the founder of Castle Lloyd in 1919. And ultimately Palatoy came out of Castle Lloyd. And his family, again, have very generously gone into their personal collection of photos. And they found photos that they've shared with us for inclusion in the book. So... There's, there's material there that's never been seen before that is going to be in the book. But for, say, the Star Wars fans out there, like they're probably asking, well, what's going to be in there for Star Wars fans? And again, you know, fair play to Bob. He reached out to the Leicester Mercury, who it's a big newspaper in Leicester, uh, Leicestershire. And obviously in that those heydays of Palatoy producing the Star Wars products. A lot of that was was very heavily covered in the press by the Leicester Mercury. And Bob has actually found images in their archive that would be, we say, little known. We won't say never published before, but they certainly would be that they wouldn't be the main images that you would see. It's like behind the scenes on the factory floor of the, the Star Wars goods being packed up. And then some publicity photos as well as part of that. So they're amazing photos, again, that we can get access to and, and feature in the book. And you, I, I, I could keep going here. Like there's, there's lots and lots of material that, that we can, you know, uh, that, that, that will be in the book and, and that we've, you know, between Bob and myself, mainly Bob, though, and Vernus has kind of worked very, very hard to, to source those images. And have you done any original photography for the book? I have, I'll be contributing some original photography for sure. My sort of vintage Star Wars shots, my um, action four shots and some action man shots will, there'll be a place for them in the book, but they're not going to dominate, say, uh, you know, how they would have, say, in previous books that I've done, which my mm. photography features, you know, very prominently in those. In this case here, they'll just be used maybe a bit more sparingly and just to supplement the, the written word. But of course, on the cover design that's up there, I'd say uh, that's a collage of different photos on on the front cover design. Many of those would be shots that I've taken, but others, 
have come from other sources where we've got permission from other collectors to use some of their pieces. So particularly the girls' toys. So the Tiny Tears, the Tressy, they, they wouldn't be things that I would have to hand in my collection. But things like the Adat, the Skull, the Action Man, they're all shots that I've taken and used in the couple mock-up. I love the cover. I love Action Man leading the charge. It's a, it's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a great it had, it had to be, didn't it? <laughs> Although I have to ask, you know, and I, I suspect I don't, the answer is to do with layout, but, you know, why the Atat over the, the Death Star? Because if you're talking Balatoy and you're talking unique to, to the UK, the Death Star is kind of up there, isn't it? Well, you know, the, the only reason why that is, is that I don't have a, a, a cardboard Death Star in my collection. But you're absolutely right, Craig, the, the, the cardboard Death Star is the, I suppose, the quintessential Palatoy contribution to the vintage Star Wars universe. But rest assured, there will be one photographed <laughs> in the book, for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think the Atap, the way Brian did it, the way he laid it out, the way the Atap's standing there, it sort of fits, it fits the montage. Yeah, it does. It might have been quite difficult to get the Death Star in something like a montage like that. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean? I do. Maybe on the back. Maybe on the back cover. Yeah, we, yeah, we put one on the back cover. <laughs> then Tressie would want to be on the back cover. And Tiny Tears. Little bit of When you were doing all the history and heritage talks, did that bring out lots of ex-colleagues you hadn't seen for, for many years? Not, not really. I kept, I've been keeping in touch with the ones that I've been keeping in touch with, but I suppose one or two did come out of the woodwork again. Some people, when I was talking, they'd come up to me afterwards it's funny with these talks, you talk to them about the history and everything. You say, right, it's open to questions now from you, and you get about two questions, you know. And then when you're trying to tidy up all your stuff and get it all packed away, they come up to you and ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> I about three, the last one I did, about three or four people come to me and said, oh, I used to work at Palitoy. I said, <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's funny. Did you do many interviews then with people that you weren't in touch with or was everyone that you, you kind of interviewed for the book you was already familiar with? Yeah, it's all the ones I'm familiar with, really. OK. Apart from Miles Fletcher's widow, when I went right, to okay. her, and she gave me lots and lots of information. But just to put it straight, there were three men, there were three men uh, who were chief executives of Palitoy during that period. Miles Fletcher, he was the one who was put in charge of the Palitoy brand to make it into something and make money because they weren't doing very well at Casseroid and he started there about 62 and he was the one who introduced Tressy, Tiny Tears and Action Man uh, and he was ably assisted by Bob Simpson but when the Americans took over in 68 he didn't want to work for Americans <laughs> so Miles <laughs> Fletcher he, he, went, he, he, he went and Bob Simpson after a year or 18 months being sort of coached by the Americans, he took over as managing, managing director. So he took it from about 69 right through to about 81. So that was the glory years, really. And then he, he knew what was happening as regards this globalisation, which I talk about in the book. And he wanted out. So he got out and um, a chap called Peter Waterman took over. Um, and um, he was from Procter and Gamble, but he was a sort of a man who, you know, puts things in boxes and sell them. But he wasn't a toy man, but he did do well because he, he he doubled the sort of turnover of the company up to eighty five. So those those are the three main characters. 
So that puts where that puts Miles Fletcher in context when yes. Brian was talking about him. Yeah. And if you could have interviewed anyone who's not around anymore, would he have been the person, or is there was there other people as well you'd have? Well, loved to have yeah, to? I mean, my boss Bill Pugh, I'd have loved to have talked to him in detail. Back in the old Palitoy days, I was a bit bit in awe of him, you know, because <laughs> he was my boss. When I went to my first, what do you call them, conventions or whatever you call them, it was an action yeah. man one. It was an action one man one at the end of the nineties, and it was down in the um, Bovington Tank Museum down your way. <laughs> and I bought the market well. And and uh, it was a chap called Les Story. He he phoned me up and said, "Would you come and talk to us and everything?" I said, "Yes, but I want to bring Bill Pugh." And he had retired by then. And he he, he was eventually he died of cancer, and he must have had it at the time. But I took him down um, on the drive back. He couldn't. He said, "I can't believe it. He can't believe it." He says. They're collecting those toys we used to design. <laughs> he says, I never kept anything. <laughs> never kept that, anything. Was my, that was going to be my next question, but what do you make of all this Star Wars collecting? Obviously, you've done Echo. You mentioned Echo there. It's all got very organised in the last 10 years or so, but people have been collecting it for, for years and years now, oh, decades. Yeah, right. Well, what, yeah. what do you make of it all when you go to places like Echo? Well, it's just overwhelming, isn't it? For When you think that these things have been going through your hands and it's just a job, you know? Yeah. And you think, crikey me, because we had a factory shop and you could buy you could buy a black bin liner of toys in the factory <laughs> shop for a fiver. <laughs> you think, crikey me, I should have stuffed those black bin liners with Star Wars toys. <laughs> Put them in the loft and left them. Oh, I think we've all had those dreams where we find know, an old warehouse with a couple of pallets in the back that, 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 that someone's forgotten about. <laughs> it, it, I mean, that, that, echo, that Echo base thing was really well organised, I must admit. That's, I think people that organise that need praise. Yeah, they do a good job. Yeah. I think also over the years, I got sort of back into collecting in 2015 and there was the big Pally Toys employees sale at Vectis. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. Even from then, that just seemed to just, Pally Toy was of interest yeah. then, but ever since then, it just seemed to have grown and grown and it's just no stopping it, really. I think just the interest and the love for that that brand. Yeah, yeah, Vectis. I've sold a few things through Vectis and I'm quite friends with them and... Uh, they're helping us out with some of the photographs, aren't they, Brian? Yes. They've, uh, Vectus have actually given us pretty much anything that we want to use from their image library. Um, that they, They've given us permission to use that, which means then we can, whatever toy that, that needs to be kind of, you know, referenced or visualised, we have a visual reference for that. So that actually is, is, is brilliant because we're, you know, pushing the book as an illustrated history of, a great British toy company. So, and that word illustrated is, is very important because it is, well, there, there'll be like, you know, nearly 90,000 words of text in there. There's going to be lots of images in there to, to, you know, support that text. So it's great that with that Vectus are on board. And as I say, a couple other, uh, you know, different kind of organizations and, and personal collectors are contributing images too, which is great. Talking about Star Wars, have any of you guys got the, um, destroy the Death Star game? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> that's one thing. That's one thing I designed. <laughs> I love that game. I love the way the logo's like on the wonk. It's kind of. <laughs> it's a sort of uh, yeah. It's an artistic take. But I love anything from that era that that is not adhering to the strict brand guidelines that you have to today. You know, there's a there's a charm to all of that. You know, stuff particularly produced in the UK. I think we were very good at it. You know, from the toys to the stationery to the you know how. Yeah, spin on the comics and things it was, it was all good stuff 
Well, you know, one of the things that kind of struck me, kind of looking at you know, as part of the research of this, is the the, the pride in the, the workmanship that came out of Palatoy, the pride within the the, the 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 employees of the company. Really, it was it's astonishing how much people seemed to really love and be passionate about what they were doing. It wasn't just it doesn't seem like it was just a, a day job or just a paycheck that there was real love in what they were doing, and you can see that in the. The, the unique products that were produced by Palatoy, you can see real love and passion in them. That's probably why they're still so kind of collectible today and there's such demand for them. Yeah. I mean, when Bob Simpson took over after Miles Fletcher left in 68, he was given sort of free reign. So he was able to, to um, get licensed products from any company, basically, you know, competitors of Kenner and, and so forth. Of course, we built up great relationships with people like um, Tony and Amigo and pe- people like that. Of course, when the Americans started getting more involved at the end of the 70s, when Bob decided to move, all that went, you know. So Palito was just really a, a distribution centre for for Europe, mm. yeah, which was a bit sad, really, because yeah. the, the, the British toy industry was sort of dying off. and the Ameri- But it was the same in ev- every other industry, wasn't it? <clears throat> the Americans have taken over. Yeah. And do you keep up with with things that happen today with like Hasbro and stuff like that? Have you got any interest not, in that, or is that not, enough? Not, you're, you're... Not, not really. Not really. No. no. I've been I've been following uh, Valiverse because of Action Force. You know what uh, Bobby Valor's getting been getting up to. But um, I don't. I I think Action Force had to change. You know, you can't just copy. Something you've got to, it's, it's got to if you've got the name Action Force, you've got to do something different. So I admire him for that, but it's not the way I like it going, if you know what I mean. I preferred the way we were going, yeah, right on Action Force. Have all the other communities embraced it, like the Star Wars community, like the Action Force collectors and Action Man? And is there a Tressy collectors base? Oh, yeah, there's a Tressy collectors. So Brian's been in touch with Tressy collectors, haven't you, Brian? They've been brilliant, actually, been brilliant. We found support like in all the different toy groups. So, Tressy, again, in the various groups on Facebook, they've been very supportive with the posts we've been sharing. The Action Man groups getting superb support in those particular groups. There, same with the Action Force groups. The Action Force—that's probably why I'd be most known is it's in the Action Force community, and then in the Star Wars community as well. And the guys in say the Echo Base group on Facebook have been really super, very supportive with the posts we've been putting out there. So. I mean, it's a it's a testament to the diversity in Bob's work and his career that you have all these different major brands that are still revered and collected today, and all those communities are, are coming together to support the book. So, I mean, in terms of, of 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 achieving our funding goal, we still have a ways to go. If we're six days left, we've got uh, about forty percent, just under forty percent of our our, our our funding still to achieve. It's going to be a bit of an uphill climb, but we're confident that we can do it. And certainly in the last, over the last weekend, we've seen a lot more people coming on board back in the campaign. So it's, uh, we're just going to keep spreading the word and reaching out to the different communities. And, uh, we'll be hopeful that we'll hit that goal by next Sunday, the 18th of June. And once that happens, we're straight into uh, actual production of the book. So the design, the assembly of the book, all of that. And we'll be posting out regular updates to our backers as we go through that production process, right up to the point where we're going to press 
and then getting the, the physical book shipped out to, to backers yeah. at that stage. Yeah. So Brian's offered me a couple of pints of Guinness when I go out to Dublin to do all this work. Come here, Brian. Is that your author fee? I hope you get, I hope you get more than that. <laughs> uh, what other there's some various tiers as well, right? So if you're backing it, you can you can go in at different levels, right? Do you wanna? That, that's that right. right. So there's a there's a standard kind of the, the first you know kind of there's a there's a level where you can pledge for no reward and it's you know ten euro or five euro just whatever you can stretch to. You get your name in, in the book in the credits uh, as, as a as a backer. The next level up gets you a physical copy of the book. So that's sixty five euro plus shipping to get a copy of the book shipped out to you anywhere in the world. The reward level three, you get a physical copy of the book signed by Bob. That's 80 euro plus shipping. Then we've uh, the next level up reward level four is uh, you get a copy of the book, but you also get an ex- Kickstarter exclusive poster and postcard suite. So six postcards in a set. And that's a hundred euro plus shipping. And the next reward level there, reward level five, is you can get two copies of the book for 120 euros. So that's a a small saving there on the two copies. Reward level six, you get two signed copies of the book, the A3 poster and the set of postcard prints. That's 170 euro plus shipping. And then there's a reward level seven for 300 euro. You can get four signed copies of the book signed by Bob, of course, uh, and that will ship out to anywhere in the world. So there's a, a lot of different levels in there that, that people can pledge at. Something for for everybody's uh, everybody's budget. And is it when's the deadline? What, what are we running into now? When we're getting say it's in a few days' time. What is the what is the drop dead date and time you've got to pledge by? At nine p.m. on Sunday, June eighteenth. That's yeah. uh, that's British time. Have you got a major push lined up this week? It's it's been a this week. Every day this week is going to be just. Push, 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 push to spread the word and you know let people know that that deadline is coming up hard and fast. Anyone who's watching the campaign, they're going to get an automated email from Kickstarter anyway, and um, when there's 48 hours left to go. So certainly we'd we'd expect to see a big spike in the in in the pledges in those kind of last 48 hours. But uh, you know we're not leaving anything to chance. We're just keep plugging away here, making sure people know that this is happening. Let them know. The, the value in, in, in the book and, and why it's worth supporting. And, you know, it's worth saying it too. Bob has been a, a great contributor to this community, both as a, in his professional career as a designer, but also in his kind of, you know, uh, post professional career as a member of the community, someone who attends conventions and is preserving the legacy of Palatoy. So yeah. I would love to see the communities all come together to, to show their kind of support for Bob and, you know, really bring this over the line comfortably before June tw- uh, 18th. And it will it will be an excellent book for people to add to their collection. Yeah, it's a story that deserves to be told. And it's been, you know, it's all verbal and it's on the Internet. It'd be great to have it all brought together in one place and by Bob as well, of all people. You know, you'd have thought by now someone would have come along and authored something like this. You know, and, and yeah, it's, it's great that Bob's got to do it. No, thanks. Well, do you know what? That, you're absolutely right. That's kind of a really important point here because, you know, an academic person who wasn't kind of 
you know, boots on the ground, say, could yeah. research and write this book? No bother. But because it's you're getting that first hand account in those kind of heyday years from the 60s through to the 80s uh, from someone who was there, who lived and breathed it all. That makes it extra special. Well, I've got my money in the hat. Hopefully, yeah, everyone else is going to do the same and we, we can get this thing back and, and help you on your way. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Spread the word. It's great. Pete, Craig, have you got any other, any other questions you wanted to? I have one question for Bob okay. with, that has a personal connection. If if you'll indulge me, yeah. uh, so, <laughs> so I was I was born in Scunthorpe, and in researching oh, yeah, yeah. in researching this show, I came across an article in uh, in a local paper there with you calling for information about Castelloid Factory That's in right. the town that made products of Palatoy. So when I was growing up there. There was a Scunthorpe-based company that was famous for making the life-size dinosaurs that you used to get in, like, leisure parks around the world back in the <laughs> 70s and 80s. And occasionally you would see uh, a flatbed lorry go past with a with a triceratops kind of strapped to it with those big bands. No doubt that it's completely unrelated. But how far did you get with your research into I didn't get, to I, Scunthorpe? I didn't get very far, actually. Um, I got in touch with the local newspapers... Is that the article you're referring to? Clearly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got in touch with them because I found out that Castelloid, this is before the General Mills takeover, Castelloid had a factory up there that were making tiny tears. Right. And then when I joined Palitoy in 67, and then I think it must have been 68, they closed that factory, and the manager of that factory came down to work in the Palitoy factory, and they brought all the tiny tears, moulds and machines and everything down into Colville. So I th- I, I've got a photograph. I think was there a photograph in that article of the. There was. There was a photograph. Yeah, it's very yeah, old. It, yeah. it used to be an old sweet factory. That's right. Yeah, and um, so we got a photograph of it. So we might be able to tuck that in somewhere in the book, can't we, Brian? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah, get it in there. Any tenuous link to Scunthorpe and Star Wars? <laughs> it would make my day. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do mention it that there was this factory up there. You know. Brilliant. It's mentioned in the book. So <laughs> the trouble, the trouble is, you know, a lot of things get mentioned, but because it's a, a vast story, I mean, the big ones are Action Man, Star Wars, Action Force, you yeah. know, Tiny Tears. They're the big ones, but there's little bits of all the others, you know, like Pocketeers and and Mego action figures and. Yeah. Well, you've uh, got to save something for Volume Two, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> 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 we got an idea from Volume Two, haven't we, Brian? <laughs> We we need you to make the Palatoid Death Star 2. You're making the Robo Skull 2. We need a Palatoid Death Star 2. Oh, yes. Well, I need somebody else to do that and make it different. (laughs) Oh, that's been been great, guys. Hopefully, when the book's out, will you come back on and have another chat to us about it? So maybe we can get it in front of us. That'd be really good. Mm -hmm. Talk about it. We'd like to know what you think of it when it's out there. Can't wait. Can't I'm wait to get my I'm a bit worried now. Right? The way Brian's <laughs> built me up. <laughs> Do you know, I, I, I'm not even bigging you up enough, Bob. Like it's, I, I know it sounds like that. Um, it really is, you know, a a superb body of work from Bob, and and it is ten years in the making. You know, there's there's ten years of work in that, guys, and it's it's a superb piece. So I can't wait for people to to get this into their hands. And, uh, and to start, you know, talking about it on social media, talking about it in the different groups, coming back on the show, chatting with you guys about it. I, I'm 
convinced people are going to love this. Outstanding. I think collectors, you know, on one level, it's all about ticking things off lists, displaying things and that and that very sort of those things that drive the hobby. But I think this topic, what Bob has given to generations or, you know, certainly our generation, you know, those toys that we connected with, it's about memories. It's about feelings. It's about transporting you back to a time I used to disappear into that little cardboard playset. I absolutely did. I could probably walk you around it and describe every detail because I spent some time in that world. And we all appreciate that. And while we've got you on the show, I'd just like, thank you, Bob. Well, uh, it's, um, it was a joint effort at Pally Toy. Um, I, sure. I, was, I was just a uh, designer, you know, in charge of a little team of designers. But uh, it was a joint effort. And um, I talk about that in the book, you know. And I say, I call the book My Pally Toy Story because it's my story. Somebody from marketing would write a different story, you know, because they know the ins and outs of marketing. Uh, I, I sort of touch on marketing, but it's saying, you know, it's, it comes from my viewpoint, so it's my story. So, I mean, Bob Simpson would have a different story, wouldn't he, if he was still alive? So, so that's that's how, that's how it's coming. It's, as my story. There's a great, great quote as well. I think it's Action Man related, which could have been an alternative title for the book. Could have been The Hand of Bob. Yes, yeah, it's, it's come from the, this is the one, it's come from the hand of <laughs> That relates to the action man hand, doesn't it, the, the grip? I, I sculpted the, the hand based on this, uh, this hand. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, looking at it, of course, the, my fingers sort of bend funny, so I had to straighten them out to, it's all about tooling, when, when you're designing <laughs> something, you've got to make sure it comes out of the injection moulding tool. But it's not easy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I so on that note, yeah. So good luck with everything. We're we're we're, we're going to be watching this with with bated breath on Sunday night, as I'm sure you're. Hopefully, you'll smash through it before then. But we're going to be watching it and and looking forward to to get in the book. And yeah, we're going to be cheering you on. We're going to be spreading this all over our socials. We'll get this podcast out as quickly as we can and and push it as much as we can. So yeah, we really got our fingers crossed for you. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>